It's the fourth week in Lent, and I'm not thinking about anything particularly Lenten. I'm thinking about World Youth Day. You see, I just came back from Madrid, Spain, where the event will take place this August. If you don't know anything about World Youth Day, you need to go and find out more. It's the largest event in the Catholic Church and probably one of the largest events in the world. This year, it's going to be in Madrid, and the Madrid Committee has been busy working to put it all together for over a year now. I was in Madrid to begin planning for our Salt and Light coverage of the event, but also because I worked for World Youth Day 2002 in Toronto and was able to share some of my experiences with the Madrid team. I suppose there's so much I could say after 25 years of World Youth Days, but I'll settle for this. The theme for this year's event is from St. Paul, planted and built up in Jesus Christ, firm in the faith. And if that's not what the event is about, I don't know what. We're all called to be planted in Christ. When I was working for World Youth Day Toronto, had I not been planted, rooted in Christ, I would have lost it. Because that's the nature of such a large event. We will be frustrated, pilgrims will get lost, we'll suffer heat stroke, you'll get hungry, you can't find your catechesis session, it will rain during the final mass, you will sleep on the floor of a school, it will not be comfortable. It will be a pilgrimage but an opportunity to meet with the Church, the Holy Father, with each other, and most importantly, with Christ. And for those who are working in Madrid, I have just one piece of advice. Stay rooted and built up in Jesus Christ, firm in the faith. The rest is peanuts. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. After a few weeks break, I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Sitting with me here is Chris Dimitrenko. Well, Hi, Pedro. It does feel like we've, this has been forever that we haven't been here. Mm-hmm. So what are our news headlines for today? Well, Pope Benedict issued a grave reminder this past week at the general audience. He also had a very interesting meeting with someone from Pakistan. I'm going to tell you about that. As well, there's some controversy surrounding the election. I know every election involves controversy, but this one surrounds the dates of the advance poll. Right. And finally, um, I think it's important that everyone goes to confession during Lent. And one diocese in Canada, they're doing something really special to make sure that it's possible for everyone to be able to do so. Okay, well, that's good. Looking forward to hearing more details on those stories. Now, Jenna is not with us today. Andrew Santos, a young intern uh, with us at Salt and Light, will be taking her place. And he's going to be telling us about uh, uh, something that's happening in Vancouver called Catholic After Hours. A very cool initiative. And we're also going to be hearing from Jillian Cantor about what her kids taught her this week. Um, and I know, I know that you're a fan, but have you read Archbishop Collins's new book on Lexio Divina? No, I haven't. I mean, I've been to uh, quite a few yes. of the Lectio Divinas, but I haven't read the book yet. Well, the, the new book is out. It's called Pathway to Our Hearts, and I had a chance to sit with Archbishop Collins uh, a few weeks ago at a book signing, so we'll be airing that interview today. Very interesting. And our Artist of the Week is Chris Bray, um, who has a new album. It just dropped yesterday, Let Hope Arise. And here's a song from that new album titled Salvation Belongs to Our God. So much suffering, I see love, who died there for us. 
Chris Bray with Salvation Belongs to Our God. We're going to be speaking with Chris in the second half hour of our program. And coming up next is Lawrence with our Saint of the Week. But before that, Chris is still here with some news, a grave announcement. Well, it was a reminder by Pope Benedict. He said that, quote, violence and hatred are always a defeat. Mm. And he said this at the general audience this past week in reference to the fighting in Libya and the Ivory Coast And he seemed to be evoking the words of John Paul II, who before the war in Iraq said that war is always a defeat for humanity. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking about it as the winners of and losers of a war, really everyone is is a loser. Exactly. And uh, at the general uh, general audience, he made what he called a renewed and heartfelt appeal to all parties to initiate a process of peacemaking and dialogue and to avoid further bloodshed. He also said that he hoped that his his envoy would be able to enter the Ivory Coast. He had commissioned Cardinal Peter Turkson 
to visit the country. Uh, he's the president of the Pontifical Council for Justice right. and Peace, yeah. but thus far he's been blocked from entering uh, from Ghana uh, because of the conflict. Right. Now, after the general audience, the Pope met briefly with the brother of a Christian assassinated in Pakistan. Uh, some of our listeners might have heard of Shabazz Bati. He was Pakistan's government minister for minorities. He was also a vocal critic of blasphemy laws in that country. And for that criticism, he was assassinated just five weeks ago. His brother Paul, Paul Badi, has been named an advisor to the Prime Minister, and so he met with Pope Benedict. Mm -hmm. Now, turning to the Canadian election, yes, probably south of the border, not too much news about the Canadian election. I don't know if many of our listeners would have heard that we had one, but we are. Coming up, yeah. Very soon, May 2nd. Now, there's going to be advanced polls, but those who can't, make the initial date might not like the advanced poll dates either, especially if you happen to work for Elections Canada. The advanced polls are scheduled for the 22nd, 23rd, and 25th of April. Yes. Now that's, that's Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Monday. Now, the president of, of the Canadian Bishops Conference says he's received calls of concern. Uh, Bishop Pierre Morissette wrote the chief electoral officer of Canada he also cc'd that letter to the prime minister and he asked for accommodations for staff and volunteers who want to pray and worship on those days instead of sitting there working this election i know it's unbelievable now canada our bishops also provide an election guide with five different priorities to uh to help voters evaluate their candidate candidates it's a very good election guide mm -hmm. and we actually have it on the salt and light blog now, the last thing I wanted to talk about, Pedro, is confession. Fun? Uh, well, not really. It's never easy, right? No. Nope. But the Diocese of London, Ontario, is making it as accessible as possible. Um, all day this past Wednesday, its 120 parishes have been open, open all day for the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And at each church, the faithful are providing how-to guides with step-by-step -step instructions and it also provides the act of contrition. Interesting. And more than 100,000 of these step-by-step -step guides were distributed in English, French, Italian, Polish, Portuguese. And, uh, and even iPhone users are provided for. Wow. Now, you've heard about this app for yes, confession. Well, course. the diocese is giving away 500 copies of the app. Uh, and the app doesn't is not a substitute for confession, as no, we but know. It's, it's an aid. It yeah. takes people through an examination of conscience, and so I think that the Diocese of London is really showing leadership and making sure that it's possible for people to go receive the sacrament, even if the English isn't their first language or they haven't been in a while and they don't remember how. Absolutely. So it's not easy, but let's make it as easy as possible. And if you want the free app, I guess you have to have the phone first. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. probably a good first step. Hmm, I wonder if Bishop Fabro has an iPhone. Uh, that'll be next on Salt and Light Radio. Thank you, Chris. Uh, always uh, excited to hear your uh, opinion and commentary on the Catholic News of the Week. Uh, Chris Dimitrenko, our Salt and Light Radio news producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Our email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. In about 10 minutes, an update from Vancouver, so stay tuned. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Coming up is our diocesan update, but before that... Saint of the Week with Boren. 
Hey Pedro. So, All right. so next Saturday, April 16th. Yeah. We have um, St. Benedict Joseph Labre. So he was a. Wait, St. Benedict Joseph. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. 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 Uh, so we're talking um, uh, 18th century France, uh-huh. uh, born 1748, uh, raised in a middle class family. Yeah. So, which at that time meant that he would have a, reg- a pretty good upbringing, yep. good education, mm-hmm. which he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but early in his adolescence, he kind of developed a distaste for gaining any knowledge that didn't like particularly pertain to God or to learning about God. Okay. Um, so at 16, he decided to enter a Trappist monastery, but he couldn't get the approval of his parents, so he didn't. He was an obedient child. Uh, and Good. so instead, he decided Good. to uh, increase his daily penances and exercises of, of uh, piety. So he was... Right. At a young age, at 16, he was already do- praying a lot, doing a lot of penance. Penance. Which, wow. it, you know, anyways. Yeah, uh, that's weird. And then at, at 21, uh, he tried again several times to get into a monastery, unsuccessful. Um, and then finally he entered a Cistercian Abbey. Yeah. But he was only there for a short period of time. He actually was, um, they liked him a lot there because um, he was very humble, very holy. Um, but he was ill, so they said that his vocation lied elsewhere. So he left. So he had to leave. Yeah, okay. he had to leave. Uh, and so at this point, he felt a strong call from God to leave his country. Ultimately, he went to Italy okay. and to live as a beggar and visiting famous places of okay. Christian devotion. A beggar. A beggar, yeah. So just living off the charity of others. He actually didn't panhandle. He just would find things in garbage cans. He ate out of garbage cans. and Weird. And whatever people would give him, but he wouldn't actually okay. um, try to get money from people. Okay. And so for the next seven years, um, into his uh, late 20s, he went throughout Europe with just his clothes, on the clothes on his back, a rosary, a Bible, and a few other religious books. Uh-huh. Um, he had no money. He slept on the ground at night. Hmm. Um, he also um, was known to have healed many other homeless and multiplied bread for them, oh. probably not for himself. Right. Um, so he did that for seven years, and then six years, the last six years of his life, he spent entirely in Rome, um, and he died in Rome uh, the 16th of April, 1783, um, out of yeah, malnutrition and wow. exhaustion from his lifestyle. Yeah, wow. And uh, yeah, right after his death, there were hundreds of miracles attributed to his intercession. Okay. And uh, he's the patron of unmarried men, so bachelors, uh-huh. rejects, mental illness, mentally ill people, insanity, beggars, hobos, and the homeless. I was going to say, so Middle he's list. your patron saint, but not yeah. because of rejects and mental illness, <laughs> but because, you, you, I'm a because you're a bachelor. That's right. <laughs> uh, wow. So the interesting thing that I, that I noticed was that April 16th, Saturday, next Saturday, is also... Benedict, Pope Benedict's birthday. Right. So, and his first name yeah, was no, that's Joseph. Why I Joseph made that comment at the beginning. Yeah. So, Benedict, Saint Benedict Joseph, is his birthday of Pope Benedict Joseph, Joseph Ratzinger, yeah. who is now Pope Benedict. So, I wonder there if there must was be something. a connection there. There, there must, must be. be. He must know. We need to write him. Let's get Pope Benedict on the phone <laughs> and ask him. That's very cool. That's very cool. You know, I, and and I'm just want, thinking about going to shrines and how many. Beggars, sometimes you, you see, uh, you know, like in Guadalupe in Mexico, there's beggars yeah. asking for money. So the exactly. fact that he was a beggar and he went to shrines. Yeah. Or even in your own in your own city, you might see homeless people and you think, you know, oh, poor them. But, you know, maybe these are saints that we don't actually know. Of. 
Yeah. It's interesting to think about yeah, that Yeah, it way. is, especially during Lent. Exactly. Well, very good. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Uh, St. Benedict Joseph Labre, feast day, Saturday, April 16th, uh, patron saint of bachelors and people with problems. And no money. <laughs> people with no money, so, so that's a lot of uh, bachelors. Um, thank you, Lawrence. Lawrence Fluco, our saint expert. He's also our Salt and Light TV programming assistant, so he's going to be back in a little bit with our TV programming highlights for the next week, so stay tuned. Hi there, I'm Gerald Mopesey, known as the Cat Chat Man. You are listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159. XM 117. Salt and Light Radio can also be downloaded as a podcast at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and off iTunes. Now, in the second half of our program, we'll be speaking with Archbishop Thomas Collins of Toronto about Lexio Divina. And here now with me sitting in for Jenna Murphy is Andrew Santos. All right, Pedro. So looking at Toronto, the well-renowned musical group Libera will be performing at Toronto's St. Michael's Cathedral at 65 Bond Street on Thursday, April the 14th, with a show at 7.30 p.m. Tickets can be found at ticketweb.ca, uh, general admission price. They are $25 each. And for those children and students who have ID, you could get in for a knockoff price of $15. That's Again, it. for more information, visit ticketweb.ca. Okay, and just a note also, Libera is also performing in other venues in Ontario. I know that they're in Kitchener and in London. Correct. And uh, Chatham and other places. Just check out their website. I think it's libera.com. You got it. Um, and uh, if you're not in the Toronto area, you can also, uh, in southern Ontario, check them out. All right, moving out west, Pedro. Are you looking to practice your Catholic faith more in Vancouver? Well, Catholic After Hours is an invitation to Vancouver Catholics to hang out at a cool place. Those who attend can hear great presentations on issues that define modern times. Now, this group was launched in March 2011, and it's pretty much a unique combination of a vibrant downtown pub and access to some of the best minds around town who can deliver engaging talks. Mm -hmm. Now, what's great is that there'll be a presentation tomorrow, Sunday, April the 10th, with Pavel Reed, who is the Director of Catholic Family Services for the Archdiocese of Vancouver. Earlier this week, I had the chance to speak with Pavel Reed. Hi, Pavel. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. First of Thank all, you. Thank you. Th first of all, what got you involved with Catholic After Hours? Oh, a friend of mine. Uh, she's been putting on similar events for several years and decided to uh, upgrade to our new format. Um, and basically what we're doing is we're taking uh, presentations on different topics uh, to do with living as a, a young Catholic in the modern world mm -hmm. and uh, discussing them while we drink beer in pubs. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And what does morality mean to you, personally? Oh, well, most important, I think, morality means freedom. The freedom to become the kind of person that, uh, that I want to be, that I think I'm created to be. Mm -hmm. um, many people think of morality as a set of rules, and I guess, in a way, it is. It's kind of like the set of rules that an athlete needs to follow if they want to have a healthy body, or a student needs to follow if they want to do well in exams, or an artist needs to follow if mm -hmm. they want their art to convey something of meaning. Okay. Um, there are rules we need to follow, but there are rules that provide us with the freedom to really be and become who we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, looking at the broader spectrum, why should young adults take Catholic morality seriously today? The world we live in uh, can be very uh, confusing. It's very easy to lose your way and even to lose yourself, your sense of who am I and what do I want? What's my life all about? Uh, 
obviously if you're Catholic, but even if you're if you're not, even if you're just a, a seeker who thinks that the Church has something interesting to say, mm-hmm. Catholic morality offers a clear guidelines on how to live well as a human being, how to live with human dignity, yes. how to treat other people well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also worth noting that Catholic morality is comprehensive in the sense that it not only involves how I should live in my own personal life, but how should I care about the common good? What does what do other people and their lives have to do with my morality? Um, and the whole system of Catholic morals fits together. It shows you how my own personal life and my contribution has something to do with the rest of the world mm-hmm. and humanity. Okay. Uh, finally, in your work as Director of Catholic Family Services, what inspires you the most? The work that I see, well, obviously, I would like to say, you know, the Holy Spirit and the saints. But the things that I can see with my human eyes that inspire me the most is the effort that so many people put into promoting uh, social justice, the pro-life movement, uh, development, aid to the poor. Uh, There are thousands, excuse me, thousands of people across Canada and many more around the world who have given up high-paying jobs, given up personal ambition, and either in religious life or as uh, dedicated lay people are really giving their lives to serve other people. That's very inspiring, and when I see that, it Mm-hmm. makes it much easier for me to do my work and realize that, you know, the, the, the minor difficulties and frustrations that I face are really not that uh, big a deal compared to the good that can be done by the Church and other people of goodwill okay. uh, working to promote human dignity. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's about it. Thank you for your time, Pavel. My pleasure. That was Pavel Reed, Director of Catholic Family Services for the Archdiocese of Vancouver. If you are looking for more information or are interested in attending, visit the Vancouver's Archdiocesan website. Great. Thank you very much, Andrew. Andrew Santos is uh, doing an internship here with us at Salt and Light. If you're interested in doing an internship with us, might as well put in a plug. Uh, send us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. Sirius 159 and XM 117. My name is Pedro. You can find Salt and Light on Facebook, and you can also follow us on Twitter. And now it's time for... What Our Kids Teach Us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, what have you learned this week from your kids? Well, Pedro, I'm here. I'm sitting here with Henry right now, so Henry might um, have his own stories to share with you. But okay. what I will tell you, uh, my kids are teaching me that it, I need to hold on to Jesus. Um, this story might be a bit all over the place, but we're all kind of lacking sleep in our house, so uh-huh. I'm all over the place. So I'll do my best to keep it coherent. Um, but I'll begin with just this this little anecdote that my son, my oldest son Joseph, received for Christmas this year. A little, I wouldn't say an action figure, it's kind of a figurine, like a plastic little Jesus. Yeah. Who is holding his hand up like he's giving me some peace, and quite a friendly little face. Okay. And so Joseph likes to take this this Jesus figurine to bed with him. Okay. For both nap time and night time. Okay. Because one time I said to him, Joseph, if you have trouble sleeping, if you have trouble falling asleep, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you need to go back to sleep, just ask Jesus to help you. And so I gave him that Jesus figure. 
And ever since then, he's needed to clench it in his little fist every time he goes to bed. Aww. And it helps. I know. So sweet, hey? <laughs> I know. A little Jesus action figure. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Joseph is learning that, that if you have trouble, you need to hold on to Jesus. But oh. it's not something that the rest of us always remember so easily. Right. Um, nor is sleep coming so easily to everyone in the house. Little Henry... Darling Henry <laughs> is not the best sleeper in the world. Okay, and just remind us, how old is Henry? He's six months old. Yes. And so uh, every night, about, well, every two or three hours, sometimes even after one hour, Henry wakes and needs a little loving, and it's, it's exhausting. We love to love him, but it can be exhausting <laughs> in the middle of the night. And so I'm, as the dutiful mom, I'm trying to figure out, well, how can I help him? What can I do? How do we get him to sleep better? And I've been doing lots of reading and research. And all these books, all these parenting guides... Have, have made it very clear to me that it's my fault that he's not sleeping very well. Oh. I can say that Henry is a terrible sleeper, but ultimately it's, I've, I'm the one, I'm the parent who has given him these bad habits. Right. So though I'm seeking help, what I'm, what I'm feeling like is that I'm just being blamed. And, I'm, and it's frustrating because I start to wonder, well, where is the grace in that? Where is this hope and the joy of parenting if, if I'm just, all this this is coming back on me and it's saying, well, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. Yes, I know I have responsibility over my children, but put into those words, mm-hmm. it's just making me feel bad that I'm ruining my kids. So as I'm seeking for this hope, as I'm seeking for this, this joy and, uh, of this vocation of mothering, that's where I'm realizing I need to hold on to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I need to, to seek my faith. I need to follow my faith as I'm reading these parenting books, as I'm trying to give him better sleep habits or if I'm trying to comfort him through teething or whatever it is that I'm seeking in um, a parenting guide, I need to bring my faith into that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And if I can give you a piece of advice, take those books and throw them in the garbage. <laughs> Sometimes I want to, but they do have, <laughs> they do have those helpful tips that you can use, yes. but they also, they do, they put a lot of blame on the parent and it's, it can be quite yeah, that's, that's overwhelming sometimes. I, I like the idea of, of giving hope and that's, I guess, what we're trying to do here. Yeah, so if it means that while I'm trying to put Henry down and it's taking a long time, you know, well, I can say the rosary once, twice, maybe three times <laughs> while I'm trying to do that. Yes. Or if I can seek Mary's wisdom or look to the saints and, and read their stories, or even Catholic examples. There's plenty of Catholic moms out there who are authors who have something to say about how we can raise our children in the faith, yes. even at those most challenging times when you just want to go to sleep, but your loved, little lovely boy <laughs> just wants to hold on to mom in the middle of the night. Right, and I guess the last thing then would be that you should all get yourselves little Jesus action figurines <laughs> yes. so you can hold on yes. to him. Yes, so I'll tell Henry, just clench in your little fist if you have any trouble, just ask Jesus to help you fall asleep. Well, that's great, Jillian. That's a great <laughs> lesson that's not, I think, not just for parents but for all of us to hold on to Jesus um, through all these moments of uh, difficulty and, and struggle and, and grace. Yes. Thank you very much, Jillian. Well, thank you, Pedro. Bye, Henry. <laughs> Jillian Cantor, she's the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering, uh, Mothering Full of Grace, and she's a wife and mother of Joseph and Henry. Hey, guys, I'm Father Robert Gallia, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Our blog is saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro, and back with me now is Lawrence with our programming update. All right, Pedro. So uh, tomorrow, Sunday, April 10th, mm-hmm. we have uh, a new Lexio Divina at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Uh, it's also repeated Wednesday, April 12th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 uh, Pacific. Okay. And so in this episode, um, Archbishop uh, Thomas Collins reflects on 
another part of the letter of St. James. He's making his way through the okay, letter so of St. James. Okay, so we're back on Lectio Divina once a month. So tomorrow, April 10th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Pacific, and there's a repeat on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. Okay, and we also have a new series that we've started airing uh, a few weeks ago. Yes. On Tuesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern and 9 Pacific, and it's called My Hometown. Yeah. Now, this is, this is a great show. It was produced a few years ago uh-huh. in Canada, but it's amazing, great acting. I was totally entertained when I watched it. Right now, is it for young people or is it's, it? F- it's like a, it's more of a family show. Okay. But I'm 25 and like I, I would watch it. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Good. It's good okay. acting. So that's uh, my hometown, Tuesdays and Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 Pacific. Great. I'm going to tune in and watch it. Yeah. All right. And then we have uh, a Lenten mission on Wednesday, April 13th. Um, it's a three part mission uh, starting 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 Pacific. So we have a new episode for each successive day so starting, starting on Wednesday. Wednesday the 13th, 9, Paci- 9 p.m. Eastern, uh-huh. 10 Pacific. Mm-hmm. And then same time on Thursday the 14th and same time Friday the 15th. Uh-huh. And so this is a mission um, with Father Tom Rizika, yep. Salt and Light, and Bishop Ronald Fabro from the Diocese of London. Mm-hmm. London, Ontario. So this three-part Lenten mission starting on Wednesday, April 13th, then Thursday and Friday... Uh, with Father Thomas Rosica, of course, he's our executive producer here at yep. Salt and Light, and Bishop Fabro of the Diocese of London, Ontario. And uh, do you know what the topics are? Yeah, so the first topic is the call to holiness. Mm-hmm. Then the second night, the, the talk is on living out holiness in everyday life. And then the third final one is the saints as models of holiness. Great. So that's uh, something good that people can tune in to help them uh, as they journey through Lent towards Easter. Yes. So our, our, our Lenten mission starting on April 13th. Thank you very much, Lawrence. And a reminder to all our listeners, if you're outside our TV broadcasting area, you can watch all our programs streaming live on our website, saltandlighttv.org. And coming up in our second half hour is our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray. And we're also going to hear from Toronto's Archbishop, Thomas Collins, because he has a new book about Lexio Divina. So don't go anywhere. As many of you know, Toronto's Archbishop Thomas Collins is a great fan of the tradition of praying with scriptures. His new book, Pathway to Our Hearts, A Simple Approach to Lectio Divina with the Sermon on the Mount, offers an accessible approach to and a fresh perspective on this ancient practice. Recently, I had the opportunity to speak with Archbishop Collins. Archbishop Thomas Collins, Your Grace, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you. Um, uh, just, uh, it seems to me that one of the first things you did when you arrived in Toronto was start the Lexio series. I know that that's not entirely true, but it seems that way. Why was Lexio Divina so important to you? Well, I've been uh, doing this for many years when I was Archbishop of Edmonton. I began actually around the year 2000 because I thought that it's very important for a bishop to speak of the Word of God. Uh, in the ordination of a bishop, uh, just uh, after the imposition of hands, when they pray the, the prayer of consecration, 
the two deacons hold the book of the Gospels over the head of the bishop. And uh, one person once said that it's as if the bishop is to go out from under kind of a roof of the Word of God and to, to go from there to do the ministry of, of being a bishop. And so I think that's uh, something very central to, to my own mission, and particularly since before I became a bishop, uh, my own bishop, Bishop Redding, sent me to, uh, to study the sacred scriptures. So for that reason, too, I think it's the thing that I, I very much love and I want to, want to be involved in. Right. So for people who have no idea what Lectio Divina is, what's a, a good description? Well, Lectio Divina means divine reading, and it's a very ancient tradition within the church. It's done in different ways, but I think the, the central thing about it is that it is not the, uh, the study of the Bible, it is rather praying the Bible. Mm -hmm. And any kind of a way in which we encounter the Word of God in a prayerful spirit is a type of Lectio Divina. And so what it involves very much down through time is usually a private praying of the scriptures. And that's in many ways the most important Lectio Divina for people to pray the Word of God every day on their own just with a Bible. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be done in a public way. And that's what I do on uh, the first Sunday of every month in the cathedral from September to June. Right. Now, um, I'm sure that when you started doing Lexio, you didn't set out to write a book. No, that's true. <laughs> so uh, how did the book come about? Well, what happens, uh, even when I was in Edmonton, we had uh, recordings of the Lectio Divina that were used in different ways. In fact, people would make these DVDs and, and uh, would send it out to parishes. And uh, the, the week later, people would sit around the TV set and listen to the word, see the thing, and then have the silent time for meditation. And in, in Toronto, uh, we've had, of course, Salt and Light has televised it so that it could be on the Salt and Light network but also so that it is on YouTube and uh, we have it available through our, our website. So there is in fact a, a kind of a transcript or there's the recordings of the Lectio Divina that's done every year. Mm -hmm. And so this, what this is, is basically the year 2007-2008 from September to June of that, uh, that period and it's on the Sermon on the Mount. So what happened basically was this, the texts that were recorded were uh, transcribed and they form nine of the ten chapters of the book. The first chapter is an essay that I wrote describing Lectio Divina. Right. Um, why Pathway to Our Hearts? Well, there's a, a, an ancient uh, saying of one of the fathers of the church that I refer to in the introductory essay, uh, Origen, one of the great uh, spiritual leaders and writers. And he, he says, he had this wonderful line in one of his sermons where he says that we need to let the Word of God come into our hearts. We need to build a kind of a pathway to our hearts. Make straight the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we do that through leading a repentant life. And so that uh, idea of pathway to our hearts is really what, that's where the title comes from. Right. So, so this book is based on the first session that you did in Toronto. Uh, that's right, yes. And mm -hmm. you had picked the Sermon on the Mount for that first session. Mm -hmm. So why was it important to start with the Sermon on the Mount? Well, I think that uh, of all the, all the scripture, of course, is the Word of God, but the, the Sermon on the Mount is what our Lord gave us, uh, we, which we, we have in the Gospel of Matthew, as kind of the, the map for our life. Uh, it's at the very beginning of the first of his discourses in the, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, where he really lays it out in chapter 5 to 7 of the Gospel, uh, how we are to live our lives. So I think that's a good thing to meditate upon. And so what I basically did, as always with the Lexio, I you know, took the Sermon on the Mount, which breaks itself easily into you know, nine or ten sections of about 15 verses each. Uh, and that was the uh, topic for that year. Other years, uh, I've used other things, sometimes ten 
parables or ten psalms. Uh, this year, the first chapter is the book of Revelation, the Apocalypse, and now the, the rest of the year is on the letter of James. Right. Um, I, I want to get into how you personally prepare for Lexio, mm -hmm. but maybe a question before that. So in terms of how you choose the scripture passages that you're going to do, is, does that also come out of a... a I guess a prayerful reflection? Well, I usually pray and reflect upon that, and I sometimes ask suggestions too of people, what oh. would you like to do? Right. Uh, this year, it's interesting, I've never done a full book of the Bible, but the letter of James. We're going to go from start to finish. Now, because I'm going to be having to cancel the May uh, lecture because I'm going to be in Rome for the beatification of Pope uh, John Paul, mm -hmm. I've taken those 17 verses and sort of squished them to the side too. So I'm going to try to be sure I finish it completely. But uh, I, I just simply pray about, reflect upon what would be a good uh, thing that can be done in basically 10 sessions. Sometimes I've had to cancel one for various reasons, mm -hmm. so it may be 9 or 10 months. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, there are all kinds of things that have been used. One, one year I used the, the five um, luminous mysteries of the rosary, um, the passages in Scripture that refer to them. Um, some, you could do other things like that. How do you, for the public lecture mm -hmm. that you do, how, what's sort of the, the preparation process that you go through? Well, I read the scriptures very thoroughly before, but I don't prepare the way I would prepare a class. Mm. If I do that, it will turn into a class, and it's not a class. It's not exegesis. It's an experience of prayer. So what I usually do is throughout the week, I read the passage uh, and reflect upon it, uh, do a little study of it. But mostly the main preparation is about a half an hour before. I just mm. spend a little time in prayer before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and just reflect upon it. Uh, and just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then um, then we go into the half an hour session of uh, period of uh, evening prayer. Uh, and then after I take the vestments off, I just come out and just uh, in, in Lectio, what we do is, at least in this particular way of doing it, make the sign of the cross and then go into a prepare, preparation period, much like what Origen was talking about, mm -hmm. let there be a pathway to our heart. So. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, to ask God's forgiveness for our sins, and then speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So then you just launch into it and read the passage, the whole passage slowly, then a verse, a little reflection or two, and then a little silence, and then another verse, all the way through until we read it again at the end, and then the Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory be in the sign of the cross. So that's kind of the way it's done in this particular form, but there are many ways of doing Lectio Divina. When you do it privately, is it very similar, essentially? Oh yeah, exactly. This is, uh, this is simply turning up the volume. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just um, you know, talk. Yeah. And, but it's really just what I would be doing if, I, if, I, if no one else were around, except uh, I have a microphone on and lights and cameras and little place I stand on the floor so I don't go so wrong. No. So it's very natural. It's very natural, you know. I just it's like when people take you know, photographs. It look very natural as they tilt you around. Yeah, exactly, forms. exactly. Smile. Um, so this book, I mean, obviously reading this book is not actively doing Lexio. So how right. can this book be used by people? Well, this is actually a, a kind of a transcript on paper of the experience of a public Lexio Divina. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what could be done, a person I would recommend, uh, uh, they would just simply read a chapter at a time, uh, get a quiet place of prayer, say the, make the sign of the cross, just quiet their heart a little bit, and then uh, read the passage. That's the most important thing, read, which is printed there. Mm -hmm. Read the whole passage slowly and ask, what does it say to my head, to my heart, and to my hands? to know, to love, and to serve God. And then if they find it helpful, they might want to read the next little section, which is my just a transcript of what I said during an, one in mm -hmm. the church. 
And then there's a little little diamond-shaped thing. It's silence. So just spend, uh, just shut the book and think and pray and reflect upon that passage. Um, and then read the next little verse and just keep doing it. And then the main thing, of course, is that I would hope that on the other days of the month, people at home do this with some other piece of scripture. Right. Maybe the mass readings of the day. Uh -huh. That's what I usually do, too, is the mass readings. Um, or something else. Um, and so this is partly a thing in itself, but it's also partly an effort to help people do this on their own. Right, right. So whether people are actually doing quote-unquote Lexio Divina, yeah. as long as they're praying the scriptures is what you would hope. That's what I would hope, and that really is divine reading. When, when you pray the scriptures, when you approach the Word of God, not as something to be mastered, but as the Word of God that masters us. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens uh, when we say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening and be attentive to his word, and then do that. And it, you could do it for uh, 10 minutes, you can do it for an hour, you can do it uh, in different ways. And that's why the great thing about Lectio Divina is it's not like a required uh, like template that you must follow. Mm -hmm. This is one way of doing it. But the, the thing that is required, that is the heart of it, it is to pray the word of God. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, Archbishop Collins. It's, been, it, it's great. I have my own copy. I'll have it signed by you very soon. Um, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to praying the scriptures with your guidance. Thank you so much. Thanks, Petra. That was a conversation I had with uh, Toronto's Archbishop Thomas Collins at a book signing for his new book, Pathway to Our Hearts, on the fifth floor resource library of the Catholic Pastoral Centre in Toronto. Pathway to Our Hearts is published by Ave Maria Press and is available in Canada through Joseph Inspirational and at Pauline Books and Media. Here now is Chris Bray with Here I Am, Lord. By the Lord of sea and sky I have heard my people cry All who dwell in dark and sin My hand will save I who made the stars of
That was our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray, with Here I Am, Lord, from his newest album. Uh, and I'm happy to say that these songs are fresh out of the oven. They are being heard on Salt and Life Radio first, and that's very cool. Now, those of you who've been with us for the last couple of years are familiar with Chris Bray. He's a very, I was going to say very young. He is young, but not very young. He's very talented. He's a young, talented, faithful singer-songwriter from Southern Ontario. He was on our show after winning the 2010 Unity Award for Praise and Worship Album of the Year and for New Artist of the Year. He was also on our show in 2009 after receiving the Covenant Award for New Artist of the Year. He's been nominated for Covenant Awards four times. His songs, Finally Let Go and Called, have been number one on the Christian charts. And today, uh, Chris was busy doing music for the youth track at the Lift Jesus Higher Rally in Toronto. And of course, his new album, Let Hope Arise, just dropped yesterday, and we got Chris Bray on the phone. Chris, welcome back to Salt and Light Radio. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I was trying to remember, the last time we spoke, we were in Calgary. That's correct, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the so, Unity Awards. So what was that experience like for you? It was awesome. I absolutely love going to that kind of stuff because it's such um, an inspiration for me as a, as a person and you know, as, as somebody who's in ministry and as an artist being able to see other people out there doing the same thing and yeah. um, just getting the encouragement and just being part of that community, it's so uplifting. And and, it's, and it was an honor to, to uh, take part as well in that celebration. Yeah, it's important. I, for me, the most important thing of that event was, was the coming together, that, that, that everybody's doing their own thing and sometimes you might feel isolated, but it's great to come together. Yes, we got to do that more often. Yeah, we should, eh? Um, you've been really busy since then. It has been busy, but it's it's a good busy. So um, had you already started recording the new album at at that time? That was that was August. We were just preparing it. Um, okay. I think I was finishing up some last minute songwriting, which every artist always ends yeah. up doing at that time, that period of time. And, um, and I was just getting ready to go to the studio and start recording. Okay, so so yeah. then that's pretty much the, the the main thing you've been doing since August. Yeah, it's well. I mean, between that and uh, and just you know the ministry work as well that I've been doing, just concerts and worship events and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, the the fall was uh, was a busy season for me, but it was good. I got to meet a lot of people and uh, just got to see God working, um, and just me being a part of that, which was was really humbling and and really a neat experience. So, right. Cool. And and you have quite a busy schedule coming up too. I I, d- I saw that you're going to be opening for Point of Grace in Tennessee. That's like that's right. That's, yep. What's up with that? Um, that was just uh, an opportunity that came up with um, with that my management team had um, had been working on for me, and uh, and it just just fit with my schedule and with everything else. And and obviously, like it's you know point of grace, and um, it's just uh, one of those things that yeah, absolutely would love to do it. And um, yeah. so we're excited. We're we're going. I'm excited to meet them and uh, and just be part of that event. It yeah, I hate, I, I hate kind of to bring this up, but because there's this thing between Catholics and, and and Christian Christian contemporary music and stuff. But do you feel that you are you're accepted in that community? 
Um, is it fair for me to say that? It's funny. Like, there's there's definitely the stereotype that um, that people stumble over a lot, and yeah. it goes both ways. But um, I find that people, especially if they haven't really heard of me before, they don't really necessarily know that I'm Catholic because I don't fit into the stereotype of you know, like, you just go to church on Sunday and sing old hymns. Sing songs to Mary. Exactly. Yeah, worship Mary, right? And yeah, yeah. Uh, all, all of the stuff that people people assume about um, the Catholic denomination. And um, and then it, what's interesting is that creates an opportunity for me to be able to share my faith and why I believe uh, certain things and why I follow the teachings of the Catholic Church. And, and it's... Um, it's really neat to be able to have that discussion, and yeah. and a lot of times the people that I'm speaking with, um, kind of, I feel like they kind of walk away with a new perception. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of neat. It is good. It's a great opportunity, and so you've you've joined the ranks of Matt Marr and uh, Janelle, who've who've also kind of walked in the in in the same uh, in the same, I guess the same uh, path. Um, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro. We're speaking with our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray, who has a new album, um, Let Hope Arise. So um, tell us a bit about the album. What can people expect? This album is, um, is I'm a little biased, but I think it's really <laughs> cool. I'm really excited about these songs because yeah. um, the worship album for me was a turning point spiritually and, yeah. and as a musician. Um, but this album is really focused on, like, I, I wanted to put some some songs that, that people could sing, congregations can sing and worship, mm-hmm. and, you know, use liturgically. And then I also wanted to put some songs on here that just kind of shared a little bit about, you know, where where I came from and some struggles that I've had with uh, with my faith. And, and there's also, I did a cover of Here I Am, Lord, um, which has sort of been a like one of those traditional hymns of mine that's been a favorite in, in yeah. recent years. And um, so there's, um, I don't know, it's just an, it's a neat collection of songs that um, I, th- I think there's going to be definitely at least one song on the album for everyone. Yeah, that's great. We actually just heard Here I Am, Lord, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so the, the title, Let Hope Arise, is there a particular significance to that in terms of giving people hope? Or Well, I, that... That comes from that's a song lyric from one of the songs on the album, right. which is "Hope Arise," and um, and that's a neat story because I I was looking for people to, to write with, and I was kind of bored one night, which doesn't happen very often. My wife was out, and the kids were yeah. sleeping, and yeah. and I thought, hey, you know what? Let's post on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Let's see if you know anyone wants to write with me, write a song tonight. And this this guy. His name's Alan Keene, replied to me, and he said, yeah, let's write a song together, and, and nice. we started writing this song, and, and, like, I've never met the guy, he's from, you know, way down in, in Nashville, actually, and um, and we just started working on this tune, and, and it kind of developed, and we crafted it into something, and it just is this, um, it's hope arise, it's, it's you know, we, we put our trust in the Lord, and... Um, and and our our hope rises up to him and and uh and we're just fulfilled nice. and and we have this this sense of peace and and that's what the tunes about and it's just really kind of a neat story um, yeah it is how it all came about now, yeah. I know you also posted you were looking for someone to help you design the cover of the album did you find someone well what i was looking for was uh, like I, I i really wanted to involve people in because this album like as much as it is for me, like I, I wanted it to be useful for other people, and I wanted people to be a part of it because I would, you know, I'll, at the end of the day, 
I'm putting it out there as a, as a resource for people to draw closer to God. Yeah. And so I wanted to include people as much as possible. So getting them to, to help me pick, you know, what do you think is the best cover? Or, you know, should it be a cardboard or plastic manufacturing or all those uh, different right. aspects of it? I, I, and the response that I got was just, uh, it was great just to hear from people what they thought and, um, and getting their feedback on it. And, and it's great how the, they were able to be involved in kind of every step of the process. So plastic or cardboard, what did you go with? <laughs> wow, we debated on that one, but it's plastic. Yeah. Oh, interesting. We'll, we'll, yeah. have, we'll have you back. I don't, on. Know if we, I don't know if we have time to get into that. I'll, I'll call you back when we do the green show and we can have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So um, you have, I, I mean, we don't have a lot of time left, but we talked a little bit about your busy schedule. There's this concert in Tennessee. I know you have a whole bunch of uh, other uh, uh, events coming up in all over southern Ontario. People can find that out at your website. But I'm intrigued yep. about the, the uh, life uh, 100.3 kind of concerts that you're doing. So this is a Christian radio station in in Southern Ontario. Tell us a bit about that, uh, that, uh, I guess, part uh, collaboration. Yeah, well, Life 100.3 has been a huge support of my music um, ever since the very beginning, my first song that I sent out to radio. And um, I worked with them on, on a lot of different things, in the past, and um, they are actually putting together a small concert series um, this July, and they're bringing in a lot of different worship artists and putting on some events, um, just in, uh, uh, worship concerts, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm happy to be a part of that and be able to participate and um, and just you know it's there's a, there's so many great Canadian worship artists um, that have such great songs, but you know it, it's we're flooded with new music day in and day out, and, and sometimes it's hard to find the, you know, the the great uh, local artists, you know, and and, and that, what I'm excited about is that there's, you know, obviously I'm part of this event, but there's so many other great artists too, and, yeah, so um, another, and we get to share our songs and worship God, and you know, yeah, how can that, that be a bad thing? Exactly, another opportunity to come together, Chris. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to make it out to some of those events because they're not far away from my home, so that that'll be cool. Um, Thank you. Thank you for talking to us and for sharing your music, for letting us uh, play it first off. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Not a problem. So that was Chris Bray, our featured artist of the week. For more information uh, about Chris or to find out how to get his new album, Let Hope Arise, or to book Chris for an event, go to his website, chrisbraymusic.com. We're going to put a link uh, on our site as well. Check it out. Um, like I said, Chris is really busy with events coming up all over Southern Ontario. And then that, then there's that concert down in Tennessee. So if you're listening to us and you're in Tennessee and you want to check him out, it's, uh, the point of grace concert. Um, here now is Chris Bray with another song from his new album. The song is titled more each day.
We're listening to more each day from Chris Bray's newest album, Let Hope Arise. And that's the end of our program this week. If you missed any part of this broadcast or you want to listen to any Salt and Light radio program or check out the links to our artists or guests, just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And remember, Salt and Light Radio is part of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation dedicated to bring light to the world through media. Write to us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio. Every day I sing your glory. Every day